I told myself I couldn't become a financial educator because I struggled with math growing up and I didn't go to school for it. But I still pursued it because people like me deserve to learn from people like me. Hey everyone, it's Nessie Anderson here with a brand new episode of The Path Less Traveled, a web series spotlighting millennial entrepreneurs who successfully turned their passions into lucrative careers. Today's guest is financial educator Tanya Rapley. Now let me give you the rundown on Tanya. Tanya is most known for being the founder of MyFab Finance, a personal finance and lifestyle site that promotes financial freedom because we all trying to be free, y'all. She does this by supporting financial behavioral changes and by offering relatable financial advice, tips, and more, increasing your financial literacy and making it a bomb.com. Um, I don't know if you read Black Enterprise, but they're calling this young lady here the new face of wealth building. She shares her expertise on various platforms such as ABC, Wall Street Journal, and now she's here on the Pathless Travel. Tanya, thank you so much thank for you. joining us today. Thank you for that intro. Ooh, that was awesome. You're fabulous. You're like my hype woman you, you know, for, for life. Somebody got to hype you up. <laughs> so talk to me about the opportunities that you created that led to your big break in the finance space. Uh, so I would say one of the biggest things was understanding the importance of meaningful collaborations. Mm -hmm. And there became this point where I adopted the mantra that girls compete, women collaborate. Ooh. And it was really important for me to collaborate with other women in the space right. because I knew I couldn't do everything myself. And I, I, I don't know everything. Right. Um, I got into financial education because I jacked my finances up. Like, right. That's how I got into financial education. Not because I went to school for finance or I took certifications. It was because I realized I made serious mistakes and I wanted to correct them and help others not make the same mistakes. And so I connected with a great group of women who we called ourselves the Frugal Fab Five. Okay, you know you got to call them out, shout them out, who they oh, are. Oh yeah, Marsha <laughs> of the Finance Bar, Tiffany the Budgetista, Alice, Carol from Fru Carol, Kara from Frugal Feminista, and Tiffany Victoria. Um, she was my partner in MyFab Finance when we got started. But when we started, we had this community of women who are all committed to making finance a brown girl thing. And we supported each other with resources, with opportunities. If one reporter called, we'd be like, hey, well, I have someone else you can talk to. Right. And have them call that other person. And that's how Black Enterprise happened. And that was a game changer. Wow. That is awesome. So I love the fact that you have a sisterhood and mm -hmm. that you realize that you are not each other's competitors. Mm -hmm. You're there to lift each other up. Talk to me about how you deliberately branded yourself in this space. So I deliberately, I wanted to determine what I would be known for. Mm -hmm. A lot of people make the mistake because a lot of us are good at more than one thing. Right. You know, I, I love music. Uh, I knit. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I make jewelry occasionally. And so we're good at multiple things. And I had to determine what I wanted to be known for. And in finance, there, you know, you have your basics, but then you can niche down even further right. into the different disciplines, whether it's credit, budgeting, debt, repayment strategy, student loans. Right. So I, credit was my thing. I enjoyed credit. And so I wanted to be known for being that woman who could help you with your credit and then ultimately your finances because people figure out like once you know one thing you might as well know the other right right and so they start to come to you for different reasons but I wanted to be the voice of individuals who were not trained 
or didn't have backgrounds in personal finance. So I wouldn't say I'm the face for fixing your credit, but I would say I'm the face for millennial women finance. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily the face, but millennial women in finance, and that came from understanding who my target demographic was. Okay. I struggled for a long time to, to figure out who my target demographic was out of fear of alienating a different demographic. Like if I said I only work with black women, right. Asian women gonna feel some type of way, or you know, Hispanic women gonna feel like I'm alienating them. And I had to get over that. So right. I know I'm talking to black women. I'm a black woman, I, talk to, I approach finances from that perspective, and that's my target demographic. Right. And once I defined my target demographic, everything else began to change because I knew who I was talking to, I knew how I was talking to them, and they started to listen. I wasn't talking to everybody, I was talking to them, and they appreciated the fact that I was just talking to them. Ooh, I love it. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got into this industry? Ooh. Authenticity is everything. When I first started, I felt like I had to be the Susie Orman. So mm -hmm. I didn't bring a lot of myself to the table. Right. I was more concerned with being proper and appearing a certain way. And I was really self-conscious of not being trained and you know, finance um, when it came to my undergrad and my graduate degrees. My undergraduate degree is public administration. Right. My master's degree is urban policy. So right. I had to get over myself and just realize that my strength was that I didn't have that background. Right. And to help people who also didn't have that background right. be strong when it came to their personal finance. Right. So definitely understanding um, my strength was in my authenticity and just being me, being right. Southern, yeah. happy, me. Right. And we love it. We love you for you. you. Thank you. So talk to me about your last career low and how you bounce back from that because this has been a journey and what we want to get out to everyone is that you are going to have career lows mm. throughout your life many times and you're going to get back up. You have to. Yeah. So what was that for you? This is one I've been wanting to share with people actually. So Tomorrow, no, Thursday is my three-week self-employment anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. So I've been working for myself for three weeks, effective Thursday. And my recent low was after I left my job. I felt like I should have been popping bottles. Yeah. I had a bottle that a client had sent me. So I was like, I'm going to drink mimosas on my first day. Right. And it was completely different. I was so anxious because I was prepared financially for the transition into self-employment. I was prepared um, mentally. I knew that I had to price my services a certain way and go right. after clients in a different manner. But right. I wasn't prepared emotionally. And that scared me. It made me nervous. It made me anxious because right. I, at that point, I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I am not going to get a paycheck right. in two weeks. Yeah. Everything is on me. If I call out, I'm not making any money that day. Right. And I really realized the gravity of working for yourself and the safety net aside from my savings was gone. And that's when you really find what you're made of. When you're right. working for yourself full time and you, you have to grind. Yeah. That's, and I was questioning whether I was up for the challenge right and then I started to feel guilty about that and I started right. to get slightly depressed because I was like why are you you know you got this why it was like this mental conversation right so that was the biggest that was my most recent low was initially after settling into self-employment and doubting myself and questioning whether or not I could do it right and I bounced back from it meditation mm. I meditate a lot and even leading up to that point I was meditating and I kind of fell off right but I had some meditating just quiet my mind and get back to who Tanya is and what Tanya wants. 
because so many people had set up goals for me mm-hmm. uh, when I left my job. Of, okay, you got to have your own talk show. You got to do this. You got to be a millionaire. You got to be a multimillionaire. Right. And I forgot what Tanya wanted. Right. And that helped me reclaim my sanity and my comfort by realizing what I wanted to achieve for myself. And what is that? Working for myself and making a difference. I think that um, I'm open. I think my path is going to change. It's it's changed dramatically. If you would have told me I was going to be a financial educator on the cover of Black Enterprise, I'm like, you got the wrong Yeah, that's not me. It must be Tanya with an A, (laughs) not Tanya with an O, because that's not me. And um, so I know that our path continuously changes. Yeah. Um, So, But I do know that I want to make money doing what I love and taking care of my family and maintain a location-independent lifestyle. Ooh, I love it. Location-independent. Y'all got that? She just gives you now? So two things I want to touch on. So number one, I, we touched on it earlier. I want to talk about it now, about how the cover for Black Enterprise happened. I know that you said that like someone kind of like referred you. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, man, man. I can't believe it's coming up on a year now. So let's rewind back okay. into earlier last year. One of my colleagues, two of my colleagues from the Frugal Fab Five were in Black Enterprise. Okay. And one of them was like, Tanya, I sent her your name. She's going to give you a call. Okay. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. Yeah. Checking my inbox. Yeah. Zero. No call. Zero. No call. Like, they don't want me. Yeah. Black Enterprise don't want me. And so I, I got over it and just kept grinding and kept working. And then in September... How many months later? So that was in March. Oh, wow. So then in September, um, one of my other good friends from Frugal, um, the Frugal Fat Five called me and she said, hey, check your inbox. Yeah. And Black Enterprise is looking for a millennial to interview about their finance strategy and how they were making their money grow. Right. And I was like, I am perfect for this. Right. And so emailed them back, told them what I achieved in the past year. They interviewed me. It went great. Right. Um, but that wasn't, I didn't think it was for the cover feature. And then they told me they were going to feature me more prominently in the publication. So they needed a photo. They needed to set up a photo shoot. Right. So here I am still assuming I'm going to be like in a table of contents. Oh my goodness. So I have my boyfriend take my picture on our rooftop in Brooklyn. I was like, this is my picture. Send it to Black Enterprise. Yeah. And, um, a few weeks later, a friend texted me, and I had just taken... I, so my previous job was at a nonprofit organization. Okay. And I was out in an event, and I had just taken a selfie with Mayor de Blasio. Okay. So I was like, it don't get much better than this. I'm on cloud nine, because Mayor de Blasio took a selfie with me. Right. And then I'm sitting on the couch, debriefing for my awesome day, and she texted me. She said, major black enterprise cover? I was like, Huh? What, yeah. what, what, what you talking yeah, about? Like, what, what? what do you mean? What? Black Enterprise cover? What? Who? Yeah. And she was like, you. I was like, what? what? And she sent me a screenshot because the oh digital version God. came out before. And I was like, oh my God, what? I'll, call, I'll talk to you later. And called my mom and just started crying. I just started crying. Um, because Black Enterprise was that publication growing up as a child that was always on my vision board. Right. But I never thought that I... Never in a million years did I think that I'd be on the cover of it. Oh my god, that just gave me chills though. Yeah, oh my like goodness. even sitting back reliving it, like, oh my goodness, yeah, that was definitely, and even to see it, you know, to this day, to see the physical copy. I was at my parents' house this week and my mom has it like this yeah. with all my little accomplishments and my, grad, my master's degree and everything, and it's yeah. sitting out there. That is amazing. Aside from them featuring you, but also I think it's just a lesson for you to just 
do excellent work. Yeah. You know, because even after they didn't call the first time, like you still chugged on, you wasn't sweating it too. I'm like, oh, they were supposed to call. I don't see them call. But you didn't stop doing you. You didn't stop yeah. doing your work. Girl, you put in the hurt. work. My feelings were hurt. Yeah. I, like, I can imagine. Hey, they don't talk to everybody else. They don't want me. But then that is doing the work and understanding that they respect the process. Right. Because had I been in the April or May issue, they could have interviewed Serena Williams or right. 50 Cent or someone else that they wanted on the cover. Right. But by being in that issue, the lane was open for me to be on the cover. Right. So it's just trusting the process. Sometimes we don't understand what's happening and why. Right. But it all works out, God willing, for the greater good or for the bigger lesson. Yeah. I love it. So talking about, you know, going off of trusting the process, I know that you kind of made the decision to leave your job at least like a year prior. How did that decision come about? What was it, you know, like, how did you know, like, okay, next year, this time, I'm not gonna be here? I knew that it was important for me to be a present parent. So I don't have children yet, but I am 31, mm -hmm. I'm engaged, we've been considered, we're, we're going to start having children soon. Right. And I knew that I wanted to work for myself. Right. And I knew that I wanted to be established in working for myself when I had children. So in order to make that happen, it had to happen in the next year. Right. Period. It just had to happen in the next year. And I felt this shift right. within me where I, I had a great job. The organization I worked for before I started working for myself was amazing. I had 100% benefits. Wow. Pretty much open vacation. They were, it was just great people that treated you like an adult and respected you. Right. But something in my soul was stirring me away from that position. Something mm -hmm. was telling me there's something bigger for you, there's something bigger for you, and it's not here anymore. Right. And so it was that. It was a combination of those two things, just realizing that I need to get out and start doing my own thing so that right. I can start planning for these babies. Right. I love it. So. I love the fact that you were, you're planning. Planning is the key thing, because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, it's good to go with the flow, but we yeah. just do things on a whim. Yeah, and especially children. Children are... Uh, yeah. Children are a business decision. Yes. <laughs> they are a business decision. Your relationship is a business and a financial decision. Yeah. I love kids and I want to have my own and I respect all the women who are just making it work. But I just didn't want that to be part of my story. Right. I, I wanted to be as prepared. And everybody tells me you're never prepared. Yeah. Truly. And yeah. But I mean, I'm going to get as prepared as I can get. Right. Share one part of, of your career journey that you feel most people don't know. Ooh, man, I have had so many jobs. I, I have had so many jobs. I started out uh, my first job in college. I was an assistant makeup artist at Estee Lauder. We can tell. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I started out as assistant makeup artist, and I was traveling around North Carolina doing old ladies makeup. Oh, my um, gosh. That was right out of college, and then I became a inventory analyst for Lowe's. So yeah. I was really behind the desk. I was an inventory analyst for Lowe's. My clients were um, Elmer's Glue. It oh was my real God. glamorous. <laughs> and I managed their stock at all the stores in the country. And then I ended up getting fired from that job because I wanted a location independent lifestyle. Right. And they gave us a laptop and I was able to work from wherever. I, we had one day a week that we could work from home. And, but we couldn't travel. 
and okay. you couldn't combine it with the weekend. We couldn't oh. travel. On that How day. they knew you was traveling though? Girl, they found out because oh. <laughs> I had a company phone, and so one day I was having issues getting on the internet and. I was at my aunt's house here in New York. Yeah. And they found like two months later, they came to me after I had gotten a promotion and everything. They came to me and they were like, you were working from Queens, New York on this day and you acted like you were in North Carolina. And they let me go right then and there. Are you serious? Yes. That was the first time I had ever been fired. I was like, uh, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And so from then I went on to be a, a um, purchaser for a seafood company. I was a buyer for a seafood company. Girl, you done everything. Girl, I told you I've done oh everything. Oh my goodness. Um, then I moved to New York. I started a music blog that actually brought me to New York. Okay. And uh, I worked on that for a little bit. Then that led me to work for Six Flags as a digital media strategist. And then I was like, you know what? Well, actually they um, laid me off because they came out of bankruptcy and laid off the entire Digital well, marketing I did department. hear about that. That was like around like 2008 ish. No, see, no? this was 2013. Okay. Maybe, no, 2011. Okay. Dang. So maybe 2011. So that happened. And then I ended up going to work for the YWCA of Brooklyn. That's when I was like, I have this undergrad degree in public service. Why am I not using this and changing lives? Right. And I went to the YWCA of Brooklyn. And that's you got to tell us what that is. The young, oh, you know. the Young Women's Christian Association of Brooklyn. So it's a, one of the oldest women's organizations in the world, actually. The YWCA was founded in, I want to say, the 1830s. YWCA of Brooklyn was founded in 1888. Okay. And it was a fantastic organization. Um, interesting management. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I learned a lot in that position. I learned a lot from the women who lived there. And it was a time period where I was just kind of soaking it in. And right. that's when I realized I wanted to change the world. Ooh. I was like, I don't know and how, but I'm going to change the world. And that's when I became a social entrepreneur. Went to another nonprofit organization that was awesome, but stayed there for two years. I was like, nope, I'm done. Time for me to do my own thing. I'm still on that. And that's when I realized I wanted to change the world. That's amazing. I cried. I was having a conversation with my coworker. Me and her talk about this all the time. I came out of a meeting with a women's rights organization. Okay. And I just said, her name's Rolanda. And I just said, Rolanda, I'm going to change the world. And I just started crying. And she's like, oh, my God, you are going to change the world. So she was one of the first people I took the Black Enterprise cover to. And she's still one of the first people that I celebrate my successes with. Oh my goodness, you're amazing, number oh, one. And you. then when you relive, when we do this little time lapse and you tell me about these, I, like I get chills, like, that's Thank amazing. You. So everyone loves you, especially <laughs> on social media. Talk to me about how you're using social media strategically to help further develop your brand. I try to communicate my money lessons to them through the lens of Instagram. Um, and I just being authentic. My audience appreciates that, and I'm able to connect with them in a different way. Yes. So it's just been a great way for me to maintain that line of communication because I follow a lot of them. Mm -hmm. If I meet someone in person and they say, hey, I follow you, so-and-so, I'll ask them, tag me so I can start following you. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I like to follow them and see what's going on in their lives, and it's really a relationship. I'm not here to be on top. Like, I'm here and you're down there. Right. We're all doing this together, and right. so I enjoy being able to be a part of their lives just as much as they are a part of mine. You're amazing. And speaking of you guys having this great relationship, you know, how we like to include you guys, the fans, the supporters on social media, to see what you want to ask your homegirl that happens to be amazing at finance. So let's go to Instagram, because I saw the questions rolling they in. They were rolling. I was like, are y'all going to ask me questions, though? And they started rolling in. Okay. So we have 
Latoyat, and she wants to know what's the best way to pay down credit card debt. There are a few ways to pay down credit card debt. But hold on, I'm gonna add on to her. I'm gonna add on to her question. Okay. What is what is the best way to revise your debt in general? Because I feel like is it is it applicable for both credit card debt and just like debt in general, or is it two different things? It depends. Um, so. I, every financial situation is different. So, you know, if someone has a payday loan debt that they've taken out, then that is like triage immediately. We are working on paying that off before everything else. Right. Because that literally can ruin someone's lives. You can get your car taken away right. because of that and so many other negative consequences. Right. So that's, there's, it depends on the type of debt. It also depends on how far behind you are in the debt. When it comes to paying down credit card debt, I suggest what works for me and I found works for a lot of my clients is the snowball method. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to pay, say you have $1,000 to pay towards right. debt and you have five credit cards. Instead of trying to pay you know, $250 on each one every month, I say focus on paying the minimum payment on all of them and then choose one that you're going to pay even more money on. So say you have that extra, put everything you have towards paying that one down. Then once that one's paid down, move on to the next one. Pay the minimum on the others and put everything you have towards paying that one down. And continue, because that gives you momentum, it gives you small wins, and it makes you, like, you like to feel like you accomplished something. Right. You don't want to sit here and be like, man, I've been paying this credit card debt for three years and it's still here. You know, you like to be like, I at least paid that card off and I at least paid this these two cards off. So it helps you um, create momentum by establishing success. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's see. Sculpt underscore me underscore healthy wants to know, is it ever okay for you to borrow money from your 401k fund? You're paying yourself back, right? I feel like that's a trick question. Because it, that also depends on what's going on in your life. Like I, the textbook answer is no, it's not ever okay because there are substantial tax penalties. You're going to lose a lot of that money and not to mention you won't have a big chunk of it during retirement. So you'll lose the opportunity for that money to gain compound interest. But things happen. I had a client who her father passed away and he was in another state and she pulled from her 401k to bring her father back home um, to bury him where yeah. they were from. Like, right. I, who am I to tell someone, no, don't borrow from your 401k to give your father his final right. wishes, you know? Right. So, but don't make it a habit. A 401k technically is not a fund for starting your business. It is not the down payment or deposit for your home. Even though some people use it for that, um, try to avoid that and try to put money aside in other ways. Right. But, you know, we're, we're human at the end of the day and we have expenses. Just one, don't take money out your 401k for a trip. Okay. Like, you know, or I, I, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So we're going to leave our 401k alone. Don't touch it. So talk to me about how we can create multiple revenue streams. If we're going to leave that alone, we need, to get, we need to get some money coming in. So help us out. I want to make money when I'm sleeping. I ain't get there yet. And that's, that takes a skill. Making money when you're sleeping, usually that's because you've created an information product. Okay. An information product. And I always, when I'm talking to people and they have problems paying their bills, the first thing I ask them is, what are you good at? Because there has to be something that you are good at. If someone tells me that I'm not good at anything, then we got to talk. Because right. 
everybody is good at something right and capitalizing on that so that you can make extra money mm-hmm. so when i first started my fat finance i was good at understanding credit right. and understanding debt so i started providing credit consultations to individuals mm-hmm. and i also started writing articles for companies that needed information so leveraging that and, and it wasn't passive income i didn't get into passive income until I built my brand and built the trust of individuals. You can't just get out here, be like, I need to make some extra money, so I'm going to make a, um, a webinar on chalkboards. Right. You have to establish your voice in that field. And so, but those are, information products are probably the best, um, one, best recurring income streams. I was at a conference last week, and I got up to my room and checked my account. I was like, dang, I made money while I was down there networking. What? That's amazing. And so that was from what? That was from my finance revamp boot camp okay. that I am offering. I mean, it's a great, 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 great value. That's the one time people are going to get to work with me mm-hmm. one-on-one with their finances and get real support from me. Right. But um, that was also my book, The financial, the Super Fab Finance Planner. But I don't want people to think that you can just publish a book yeah. and make money off of it. Right. Because books are essentially expensive business cards. You are not going to quit your job off of a book. Right. Um, you can sell it at events and you'll make some nice gas money, right? maybe cell phone money, right. but you cannot live solely off the sales of a book. Unless you, you know, you're T.D. Jakes or that is know, true. Or Oprah. Or Oprah, you, you know, know, you have a loyal, large audience. But it, there are different ways to do it, but the biggest way is to figure out what you're good at and how you can service that to people in a way that they'll pay you to do it. Right. And so talk to me about what we can be doing now in order to save money make your money inconvenient and that is something that a lot of financial educators promote i have three savings accounts so i have my emergency flight fund savings account which was when i was leaving my job so that's all the money that i've been putting away to quit my job that i'll touch if I run into a hard, you know, a hard times or something like that. And then I also have my short-term savings account. Right. So that's where I keep 300 to $500 in that. So if something happens to the car right. or something I need to pay it, I keep it in that. And then I have my Digit savings account. And Ooh. Digit is this online tool that I absolutely love. I've been telling everybody about it. Okay. It automatically saves money for you. Oh, so how? you connect, you put in your bank account information okay. and then it has a sophisticated algorithm that determines how much money you spend. And for the first two months, it won't really save that much money because it wants to see you know, what your bills are, yeah. what your spending habits are. Yeah. But then after a while, it gets in the groove and it starts saving money for you. So where you wouldn't normally transfer $27 to a savings account, it will automatically do that. And you'll log in and be like, oh, did you put away $8 for me? Did you put away $33 for me last yeah. night? It knows when you get paid, so if you're going to have a lot of money left over yeah. when you get paid, it will automatically transfer it. And I love it. And it puts the money in an off-site savings account, so you can't touch it. You can check your balance by just texting balance yeah. to your phone, but um, I, I love Digit. So to save money, you have to make your money inconvenient mm-hmm. because if you have it connected to your primary bank account, then you're going to be in the store, you're going to see something, you're going to say, hey... I have like $200 in my savings account. You know what kills me though? The fact that I can just text and like transfer the sa- you know, transfer money for my savings. Of course, because it's all it about back. convenience. That's why you got to make your money inconvenient. That's the easiest way to save. And then also cutting back on expenses that are not necessary. Right. Um, I haven't went and had a manicure in three years. 
because wow. I realized I was spending six hundred dollars a month on manicures. Whoa! And and not six not six hundred dollars a month. Oh my god! Where yeah, I'm like, well, you getting along with you getting <laughs> the rhinestones? Six hundred dollars a year in manicures, and that adds up. You yeah, know, that was money I put away into my mutual funds and allowed that to grow into money that would actually work for me. Right. Okay. So in closing, you target or you you know your your target audience are is millennials. Yeah. So talk to me about what we as millennials can do now or should be doing now, specifically because we're young and we can. Everybody's like, oh, you're young, you're young. Mm-hmm. So what can we do? What should we be doing now? Like five, five tips. Like, you young, you better get this out, you know, do this now because in the long run, this is going to pay off. And is this pertaining to finance or is this just in general? To finance. Okay. Unless you got, you got something else you're trying to sneak in there. I mean, I will start by live. I will start by that, but live within, have barriers around it. Like everything, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. But make sure that you live, especially, I'm so happy I lived during my 20s. Yeah. I messed up a lot. And I, I could have lived without jacking my finances up, but right. I'm just happy that I lived because so many people, that's why people have midlife crises yeah. crises and break down in their 50s and 40s and realize they didn't do anything yeah. because they didn't live during their 20s. And they're early 30s, so make sure that you live. Mm-hmm. The second thing is start investing. If you, How? But, like, we don't know where. Like, where? Where are we going to do oh this? Oh, man. There are nonprofit organizations that have investing courses where they'll match you. I know in Brooklyn there was a nonprofit, and they would, if you had $750, they would match you another 750 okay. and teach you how to invest it. And then, like, they, that you would start out with $1,500. But there are so many tools. There are so many robo-advisors. Um, okay, we gonna be all trade right. King, yeah, Trade King is a really good one. But the easiest one is if you have a four hundred one k at your job that you're not investing in or that you're not matching. I'm gonna just put my head you're down. Just, you're leaving <laughs> money on the table. You're leaving money on the table. So if you have that, um, an IRA is a good place to start. You don't need to be. It's not complex. You just go to your banking institution. Like I want to start up an IRA. Okay. So there are easy ways to get into it. Just to, just start, and you don't need a lot of money. All right. So that's so we the got, second thing. Okay. Third thing: know what's on your credit report. Do not wait until you meet the love of your life and you guys want to buy a house and you haven't looked at your credit report since you were, you know, 21. And know what's on your credit report because before it really matters. That way, if you need to do any credit repair or rebuilding. You have time to do that, and it's not crunch time. Right. You don't find yourself going to somebody in the basement who can improve your credit score by 200 points in 38 hours. You know, it's, yeah. you, you don't want that. Right. You, don't, you don't want that. Um, the fourth thing is hone in on what's most important to you so that you can spend money on those things. Mm-hmm. Because the media and everything wants to tell us that everything is important to us. And we like things, but everything right. isn't important and pertinent. So find out what's important to you and spend your money on that and then spend the rest of the money saving and investing for your future. Okay. And then the fifth thing when it comes to finances that millennials should know. Make your money work for you. Make your money work for you, quite How? simply. How do you do that, though? By investing or by taking advantage when you fly anywhere. Make sure mm-hmm. you're getting your airline miles. Make sure you're participating in rewards programs. There is no shame in being like, hey, wait a minute, I got my punch card. Yeah. Can you punch this? This is my fifth time coming. Right. Like, make sure your money's working for you. If you're shopping online, use Ebates and um, Retail Me Not in these different ways that you can save money and get more points. Right. Make sure that your money is working. Make sure you're using it as a tool because money can be used as a tool, but a lot of us aren't. Or even if it's just investing in yourself, 
learning a new skill set, learning, just doing something differently or investing in your peace of mind. That's important because I feel like people will spend money on everything else but themselves. But themselves. It's like, well, like, why don't you take this course? Um, oh, it's, ooh, that's expensive. Yeah. I'm like, that's four brunches. Right. That's right. four brunches. What do you get out of your brunch with a full belly? Right. Meanwhile, you could have learned how to start a side business or build your own website. Right. Or, you know, learn this new skill set that would take you to the next level, but you're not seeing the bigger picture and how investing in yourself will allow you to actually live the life you really want to live. Right. So. I love it. You, you're good at what you do. This is why they call in her the face of wealth building. I love it. Thanks. So, well, so you know what? Let me tell you what we're going to do. First of all, I just want to thank you on behalf of everyone on the other side of that screen yeah. for just having the courage, you know, to make your passion yeah. your career. And then I'm going to hand the floor over to you to let everybody know how they can continue getting these tips where they can keep up with you, sign up for your classes, get the book, everything. Just tell them. Just Thank tell you them. so much. Uh, everyone can find me at myfabfinance.com. It's myfabfinance. Um, if you see this color pink, you're in the right place. And you can find me on all social media profiles as myfabfinance. That's Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, anywhere you want to. Not Snapchat, no. though. You can't. I'm, I'm not on Snapchat. But you can find me on all social media profiles as MyFabFinance. Awesome. So if you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I did, I need you guys to let me know it. Don't be stingy. Don't be cheap. Let me tell you what I need you to do. Here we go. Here we go. I need you to like. I need you to comment. I need you to subscribe. I need you to share this video to all of your friends. And then after you're done, I need you to go to MyFabFinance.com. You got that? Until next time, bye.